podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Hey guys, welcome back to the Nina Kauser Show. Um, it's great to be back. Thank you so much for joining me. And um, before I go any further, I just want to give a massive shout out and a thank you to Gags Tandon and Guy Drinkle, who have been sitting in the hot seat. Um, they've covered some great results. Uh, back to my turn. It was a big one. Man City, it finished to all. And joining me on this podcast, um, I have some fam- some familiar voices because I feel like I'm a bit out of form here, you know, carrying some um, some kind of, I don't know, I'm going to say pre-season weight, a bit of timber, so these guys are going to keep me in shape. So without further ado, let me introduce my panel. They are excellent. It is the awesome, awesome Guy Drinkle. Welcome back, Guy. You all right now, Bicker? How are you doing? <laughs> just, just pulled my leg, you know. <laughs> You've been stepping in for me. Um, it's, uh, I'm, I'm doing well, Mr. James Milner. Um, although I won't, I won't compare you to him today. Not, for obvious not reasons. today. <laughs> not today. Not today. Not today. And and joining um, Guy, I am absolutely thrilled to have back somebody that really, really kept me sane last season. It is the awesome, awesome Dave Horrocks. Dave, welcome back. Thanks, Nina. Great to have you back as well. And uh, yeah, what a game to come back to. Yeah, absolutely. What a game. Well, certainly the second half. I mean, I woke up to that. Um, yeah, but you know what? Before we get uh, you know any thoughts and things, uh, we have our match, our pitch side reporters. <laughs> so you know what? we're going to have to go to them. And anyone that listens to the Nina Kaza show knows who I'm talking about. It is the awesome Harinda and Cambridge, who were actually at that game at Anfield. Um, so you know what? I'm going to go straight to them. Are you there, guys? Hello. Hey. Oh, that's a bit shit, isn't it? Point blank, you know what? The first half is one where we just gave them all the possession, let them build up all the pressure they wanted to, and like as if we had some sort of magic game plan. This is after the 10-minute mark, by the way. The first 10 minutes were fine. After that 10-minute mark, um, I just don't know what we were doing. I genuinely, you know, I've seen Liverpool play a lot um, over the years, as people know. But today... it just felt very, very, very bizarre. You got, I can't put my finger on as to why. I can't put my um, thinking cap on or thinking bug on, turban on, sorry, and say, yep, it was this, it was that. It was just a collection of nonsense in the first half. In the second half, they sorted this shit out. We got one goal and then possibly the best goal I've seen scored at Anfield in a very, very long time. Mm. Yeah. And that's a goal that deserves to win a match. Yet again, a goal that deserves to win a match doesn't. Because we don't do certain things. And it, you know what? There is a, a comedy of errors that kind of leads to the deflected shot. So mm. leaving everything aside, there's things that we could have done to stop them getting... 
throwing the ball from Foden to De Bruyne, I shouldn't have got through to stop that kind of shit. I spent half my life talking about stopping crosses. So my question to the panel today... Actually, Cam, do you want to ask your question first, or do you have no question? Oh, no, no, I, was I, just gonna, I was just going to have a gripe about the midfield. So, um, you might as well get your gripe out of the way. I mean, for me today, the, um, the midfield was the worst I've ever seen under probably Jurgen Klopp in the first half anyway. Uh, neither of the, the two number eights as such uh, in Curtis or um, Hendo offered any protection whatsoever to the fullbacks. Uh, Hendo was getting too drawn into the middle. Curtis just quite simply wasn't in the game first half. Um, he, he, he looked totally, totally lost. Um, he almost looked out of his depth at times. Um, and without that protection, um, if you notice in the first half, Phil Foden had the run on James Milner for the whole of the, after 15, 20 minutes, he had, he had Milner on toast all the way. They could have had two or three in the first half. Um, Allison made, you know, some vital interceptions and blocks and saves. And, um, if, if anything, Allison was our best player in the first half. Come the second half, you, if you notice, Hendo was suddenly more over, to the right hand side Hendo was more over to the right hand side and uh, it, there was a lot more better shape there was a lot better balance in the team and that was reflected in the first goal it was a beautifully worked move down the right hand side of the pitch um, to get Salah away to do what can only be described as one of the most amazing goals and, you know, it was a team goal that turned into one of the most individual Early amazing goals and um, it's like Harinder Bajaj just said that goal was worthy of winning the match in itself mm-hmm. um, we we lost our heads they, quite simply the, the team lost their heads um, they lost their composure they, they, they weren't calm um, and when you do that you're playing against you know the champions from last season the, the best team in the league essentially one of the best teams in the world and if you, do, if you lose your heads it's going to bite you in the arse, and, and we got bit badly. And um, th- 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 it, was, it was just, I don't know, I mean, I'm a bit disappointed that um, one of the two midfielders didn't come off. Um, I know we had to make the tactical change because Milner, was, uh, Milner would have been sent off um, if uh, Pep had got his way because of, it, because of his uh, wonderful tantrum on the sideline. And um, I think that was an Oscar-worthy performance from Pep in itself. So, um, but yeah, no, um, discuss the midfield, guys. Um, uh, how, how does Jurgen Klopp allow that midfield to finish 90 minutes and not make any changes? So that's my question. Okay, so we've got your question, the midfield. And Harinda, you had a question too, right? Yep. What, do you th- what does the panel think of, um, was the root cause to us being so lukewarm? Actually, not even lukewarm. We were cold first half. Like really cold. We had no speed, no pace, no nothing. And the batteries have been taken out. And the same batteries were applied to the crowd today. Their batteries got taken out at most city's goals. And I, I, I'm quite upset by that, you know. Like we're supposed to lift the team up. There was nothing in the crowd today to lift them. Uh, I'll, I'll say this, but, uh, but the, the cop was doing its bit today. The cop certainly tried. I, yeah. I, you know, obviously I was there, I was in three or four. That's where all the noise is, and, and we were certainly for the 90 minutes trying to do our bit. But there's only so much 
the cop can do on its own, you know, the main grandstand, I, I didn't hear anything from them. Nothing. Devoid of, you know, a, a lot of a lot of noise from that side. So um, on the uh, Kenny Dalglish side, there, there was some noise coming out of there. That's a bit more vocal. Um, but the main grandstand, I think, let us down a little bit today. You know, it happens, you know. Um, it, it's easy to get deflated, you know. They were two big sucker punches, those goals, because they happened quite quickly after we scored. And mm. we, we were on a roll. We, you know, our tails were up and um, shit happens, I suppose, doesn't it? Shit happens, but yeah. But yeah, back to Barty, sorry. Back to the panel. Back to the panel, right? Thank you, you two. And I will just say on on the stadium thing as well. I have to agree that certainly um, was the case when I was we were all watching it on TV. It didn't feel like it was Man City. It wasn't that kind of vibe. And I know full well that a loud Anfield really, really does rattle uh, a world class Man City team. We we've seen it in Europe. You know that crowd is capable of doing some incredible things. So yeah, I I will agree with you that it was a bit quiet to the point where even I heard Steven Gerrard chants, obviously from from, you know, the Man City supporters. So, yeah, I completely agree with that. Right, guys, we've got some interesting questions there. There's two questions. One is, you know, what was the root cause of Liverpool just being absolutely, um, you know, pretty average? I'm going to say we were quite lucky to get points there. We scored some great goals, but as a whole, I don't think we played great. And the second one is, um, of course, the conversation about the midfield, which I think was probably the hot topic of discussion for everyone because, you know, even the first one that they scored, I mean, you know, Fabinho kind of gets a little bit done there. And then obviously James Milner gets skinned. You know, there's a lot going on there. And, you know, so let's let's talk about those. And um, I think in particular, um, Cam wanted to kind of highlight Henderson, who I think has... I've not been watching an awful lot of Liverpool, um, as you all know. And um, But from what I understand and from the people that have been watching Liverpool, which are a majority of my friends who are Liverpool supporters, that Henderson has been off, off the mark since he's got his contract. So, you know, plenty to discuss here. So, um, Guy, I'm going to come to you. Let's talk about the Harinda question first. Um, or, or should we tackle the midfield question first? Because I feel like it's a domino effect. They'll kind of tie into each other quite nicely. Yeah, <laughs> if, you win, if you don't win the midfield, you don't win the game, basically. I think that's my belief as, as, as a football supporter and, and watcher. No, I, I do think it's linked. I think I think... I don't think many played. For, well, no one played well in the first half except Allison, as Harinder uh, and Cam said. Yes. But I, I think it does stem from the midfield because that is the engine room. They're the ones who press up high. They're the ones who let Mane and Salah press. Then they press in behind and pen people in. There was none of that. There was no one who put their foot on the ball as well. Who who could take control of the game? That's what. We used to, maybe not control the game in, in Ginny's case, but he used to get us out of pressure, pressure situations all the time. You could give him the ball when there was three men around him, four men around him, and he'd be fine. We have Thiago who can do that to a certain extent. We have Naby who can do that to a certain extent. I wouldn't say Jones can do it in defensive areas just yet, but we saw against Porto midweek he can do it higher on. He can take people on, but we've not really seen it um, when he's facing his own goal, for instance. Um, but I do think it stems from the midfield. The two experienced midfield, especially because I'm not going to blame Jones because, well, he's a kid. Um, but Fabinho and I'd, I'd have to say, especially Henderson in that first half, especially for Henderson, were dreadful. They they were absolutely dreadful. 
Hendall left Milner on an island on his own. He didn't link up well with the attack. That back post cross is going to kill me one day. Um, well, maybe if it actually reaches anyone in the next 200 years. Um, done by Bernardo yeah. Silva as well, didn't he? Um, second yeah. half. First half, sorry. First half. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's just that them two were just bad. Like, Fabinho, he just didn't look like anything resembling Fabinho. Like, there was no aggression, there was no big tackles, there was no big moments, there was no calm on the ball. There was, like, one good pass, which I think didn't really do anything. Obviously, you had the shot, but we'll probably get to that. Um, but them two, and I'd, I'd have to pick on, I'd have to pick on Henderson. It's not even picking on, I was just giving your opinion on a terrible performance. And as uh, someone in the chat's just put, Henderson had 50% passing accuracy in the Bernie, first half. Bernie, yeah, Bernie. Bernie, sorry, yeah. 50%. Uh, that that's bad. When you're penned in for what, thirty five minutes of a half, like what are we doing? The, uh, yeah, it, and as you say, you've not been watching the games recently. That's not that bad, but Henderson's been not good this season. Like for a player that's famed for his work rate and stuff like that, he's getting lazy. He doesn't help the right back anymore. He doesn't track runners. Like I know that's been a weakness of the past, but he he doesn't. He, I don't know. He just he seems to have just completely switched off. Whether whether he's fully fit or whatever, he just doesn't seem like the player that has this reputation. Like whether you you're the biggest critic of Henderson or his biggest fan, he does not look right. He looks horrendous. He looks lazy. Lazy is a word that you would never yeah, ever, ever associate yep. with him. No matter ever. how you think feel about Jordan Henderson, you would never call him lazy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's a worry. It's a worry long term with the midfield because when it was Fabinho and Thiago plus one, it looked good. But since Thiago's been injured, we've had the odd good performance. Like Jones has had obviously a couple of good performances, but Brentford wasn't good. Porto was pretty good. Milan wasn't particularly good for the midfield. It was obviously meant for the rest of the team. But yeah, the midfield is becoming a worry now. We we need Thiago back. Um, obviously Elliot's done for a long term but I think we need one of Thiago or Naby in the midfield just just for a bit of on-ball security Yeah, a lot of people are agreeing with you, Lisa Marie there as well in in agreement, so is is Bernie with what you've said and um, Dave I'm going to come to you, obviously you've you've heard the comments from both um, Harinda and Cam who were at the game and you know they pretty much watched it live We, we, we watched it on television and you know you've heard what Guy has said there as well and I think Henderson is going to get like a lot of criticism and I think it is good to kind of highlight Fabinho as well because if Fabinho plays good, that is important because he's one of those, he's like the spine of that team. And for me today, he didn't look on it as well. I felt like that midfield just looked very, very imbalanced. They're, you know, you, you normally envisage like a holding midfielder and then two sort of going forward, sort of linking up with the fullbacks. I don't know whether that was down to the fact that there is a change in the fullbacks, obviously with Milner playing there, with Trent being out. But... Something just looked very, very unbalanced. And I know there's a lot of, the, you know, we've had a few injuries. Obviously, Thiago's been out and, uh, you know, I think Thiago's been playing really well whilst obviously I've not been watching football. But um, what, what, what do you kind of pin it down to? Because I do feel like there was, and you can't even say they lacked space because what I noticed in the first half was the first 20 minutes we played really well. And, you know, we, we looked on it. We, we kind of, you know, looked really comfortable, really assured in the first 20 minutes. And then we allowed them to kind of settle in and we started making errors. 
but tactically you couldn't even say like there was a big space between the midfield and the attack and the defence because the defence was playing a high line which kind of helps the midfield so the spaces were tight so I don't understand maybe how you know there wasn't much link up play was it did they kind of shoot themselves in the foot in the sense that you know they kind of really really narrowed the gap but Henderson isn't really renowned for his like ping passing see that would have maybe affected maybe a, a more of like um I don't like it like a Thiago kind of player your thoughts so I agree with all that's been said so far. I, I think great points uh, from the guys at the ground and, and from Guy as well. I, and and I will come back to the midfield in a second. But just to provide a bit of an opposing view, City are a great side, you know, and they have been for a few years now. And so it, it's no embarrassment when we, you know, we don't roll them over <laughs> and we you know we've come out with a point we're all gutted uh we feel like we could have absolutely played better um and also to lose the lead twice is pretty gutting uh but that is a great side that we're up against um so i think it's a combination of individual players not playing well uh, and also just being up against a, a side that seems to have that fluidity, the way they find the angles, there always seems to be an option for them. You know, whenever anyone's getting closed down, they've got one of three options open, and then they just seem to be picking us apart. But I, honestly, I think Fabinho, Jones, Henderson, I thought individually they all had pretty poor games. And that's five goals conceded now in in two games. And I think you can point fingers at the defence. They're the obvious ones. But I do think it comes from that protection. And there's just no cohesion at all. I think Klopp came into this season. He was looking for Elliot to be part of that midfield three. Obviously, Thiago as well. Maybe even Naby. You know, when, when we've seen him, he's been playing well. Guy and I were saying, you know, in the in the other game that uh, oh Naby's kicked the grass apparently, and and but he should be okay. Well, uh, you know, form form suggests he's never again. again. As as <laughs> always, you know, we should have said it shouldn't have fallen for it's that one. A real thing, by the way, because obviously you you are speaking to a Martian when it comes to Liverpool Football Club right now. Has is that how he got injured? Yeah, I, I, it was like he was taken off as a precaution. And then you know, after the match, it, it was like, oh, yeah, he should be fine. He just he just kicked the grass and then he misses the next game. So he's on the subs bench today. But mm-hmm. I, I just I can only think because we've seen this before where you think this game is crying out for someone like Naby to come on and he doesn't come on. You can only think, well, maybe he's just not quite ready because I, I completely agree with I think it was Cam that said. There's no way that midfield uh, should have finished the whole 90 minutes today. See. And also, I was very surprised and to see Milner walk out in the second half as well. Yeah. And the referee did us a bit of a favour, I think. I do think yeah, he yeah. should have walked. Uh, yeah. I, did, I do very much enjoy a pet meltdown. Um, it was kind of justified. Today, I was sat there thinking, you should be I, off. I've yeah, got to, I've got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make it any less funny, but yeah, yeah, he did absolutely have a point. So I think Klopp has got some hard questions that he needs to answer there. And, you know, I'm sure we'll get on to, you know, man of the match and things later, but I don't think this was Klopp's greatest game. You're, you're talking about two goals that we scored, which were down to individual brilliance. 
but systematically we just looked all over the shop we really did and um, i have to agree with you there it was just a bit chaotic in in every regard and you know even i think it was cam Wernick guy who said the goals came literally as we we kind of go ahead and you know it kind of ruins the rhythm because what you do there is if you if you can hold your if you can keep your composure and maintain your discipline like this city team as great as they are as 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 they correctly highlight you know we have done them over in the past and we can do them over and we know that they are you know they are not immune to you know um uh, the, the pressure of you know the anfield crowd and the pressure of playing against a, a, a very decent side and Liverpool are a great side and you know I just feel like it was kind of it lacked maturity mm. no I, I think the difference between our performance today and our performances of well every season apart from last season where it was a travesty yeah is we challenge Man City we, we go toe-to-toe with Man City yeah. we, we don't well take you probably didn't see obviously not watching much football, but Chelsea last week played City, and they were cowardly. They they played three in midfield, basically three defensive midfielders in midfield, and didn't push up at all. That's not what. That's not how we've beaten Man City before. We, we've gone toe to toe. Everyone remembers Ox playing amazing, Emre Chan playing amazing against them, mm-hmm. Fabinho, etc. It's just full time aggression, and I think that was the difference between today's performance because obviously right. the result isn't too bad. But there was just no aggression in the performance, and I think that's the biggest difference. Um, so yeah, it is. It is because I was trying to uh, uh, Bernie in, in the chat there, and Man City didn't play too well today. They had, I think, they just had more players performing well. I think their system worked better than ours today. But in terms of performance, I think Fordham was obviously class. Silver was really good. Um, Jesus had the odd moment, obviously go- good moment for the first goal, I think. Um, but I don't think either team played really well today. It was like a scruffy game. It was like schoolyard football today, I think. Like, obviously, they dominated the first half, but the second half like was just a bad game of poor quality uh, for me. Obviously, you have, the mag- you have magical moments from Moore, Ford, and then deflected goals and stuff like that, but it, it was a scruffy game of football all round. I mean, even the referee was bad. It was just a bad game with magic moments. <laughs> but sometimes they turn out to be the most fun. But yeah, it was. It, it is. It is strange. It is strange because we've seen games like these in the past where it is high quality. But yeah, maybe it's just standards in the Premier League are coming down a smidge because, well, you see, this this City team's already. Drops points multiple times. Um, we've dropped points against Brentford last week. Chelsea, uh, I don't know if they've dropped points over against us. Um, oh, and City, obviously. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think the standard of the Premier League is what us and Man City made a few years ago. So I think these these sloppy performances might, unfortunately for us, become a bit more common. Okay, so a bit of caution there from Guy Brinkle. Right, guys. Let's. If anyone wants to call in, please. Please, please um, don't hesitate to contact us and let us know whether you want to be part of uh, the fun and the post-match show. So, guys, um, I want to ask you, because I went straight to the callers, because I know, like, they might have, like, signal issues and stuff, but I, I, we normally kind of discuss um, the team lineup. Now, uh, from my perspective, I'm going to be real with you. I just looked at the team and I was like, well, that's probably the best team that he could <laughs> pick. 
you know, um, I've not watched an awful lot of football. Um, these guys must all be in, in form of some kind. This is what we're going to have to go with. How was your reaction? Because I always find that when Liverpool play, there's always a bit of a meltdown with the team selection or people aren't happy with it. So, um, Dave, I'll come to you. What did you make of Klopp's team selection? I think I was surprised by a couple of choices. I mean, I'll be honest, I stay clear of social media before the game now. <laughs> it's just Smart move. Those, those meltdowns are ridiculous. It's like, oh, you know, but I, I think it was about as good as he could pick. But I think the two positions I was looking at were Milner right back. I yeah. thought, well, you've got... I, 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 even I thought that might be problematic, you know, with his age. And obviously, we know what Trent, Trent poses so much threat. Yeah, I mean, you know, for years I used to think Gary McAllister was our best free transfer, but I think, to be fair, you've got to say it's Milner, isn't it? He's just been amazing for us. Uh, The job that he's done for the overall team, you know, he's played left-back for a season, he plays full-back, you know, he's just been great. But you're looking at it and you're like, yeah, this isn't the game to play him. You know, you want to see him play those kind of games at right-back in a league cup game or something he could have played um he could have played gomez from the start i feel uh or he could have you know you've got Simicas and and robertson there two left backs who are in some sort of form i thought he could have played one of those right back but uh that was the one that took my eye initially the midfield three i don't think he he has that much of a choice i, I was surprised Pleasantly surprised to see Cater on the bench, but uh, uh, obviously we didn't see him in the game. The other one where I was a little bit surprised was uh, to see Bobby not start instead of Jota. I don't think Diogo's played particularly well in the last few weeks, and I just feel like you want that bit of guile, that, that class, and obviously he's a pressure machine as well, isn't he, Bobby? So I just felt like it was the right, game to sort of bring him back and start him but you know a couple of goals against Porto as well right so you know he would have yeah yeah so but it wasn't any reason to spit my dummy out and go oh no it's it's Mm. all gonna go badly it was like no come on let's do this uh so yeah I, I those were minor little questions in my mind but that's all they were no, and I think they're fair, and I think you kind of highlighted some good points there. And what about you, Guy Drinkle? I know you, you've been covering a lot of games. You know, you are the, the James Milner, a much younger and much more agile James Milner of Anfield Index. You do so much around here. What did you make of, of, of the team lineup? I don't know about agile. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was quite happy with it, or fine with it, really. I don't think we had too many other options. The, the defence picks itself apart from Milner, but. When Gomez came on against Porto, and yeah, he, he, I think I wouldn't say it was his fault for the goal, but he, he looked rusty and obviously he hasn't played right back. I don't think he's played right back since he got injured playing right back in that must have been two, three seasons ago. So I, yeah, I'd rather Milner there from the start. Obviously, hindsight and all that, but yeah, if you're looking at hindsight, which is easy now, maybe you'd say Naby over Curtis. Yeah, I was fine. I was fine with the starting eleven and. Looking at Man City's team, I thought we could have dealt with it quite well, but then he put Ford on the left wing like a clever baldy and it annoyed me. Because <laughs> it, it was, I would have much rather them play Grealish on the left because I think Milner would have dealt with him better. But yeah, Ford on the left was probably the only surprise there end as well. 
Yeah, I've just got a quick uh, point here from um, Mason Dixon Red. He just goes, Klopp is clearly letting his personal loyalties take over his logic. Um, interesting point. Um, uh, loads of people have like loads of reactions and thoughts. Well, let's go to some more callers. I think we have three lined up. I'm quite excited about that one. And uh, let's go to our next caller. And it is Del, a familiar voice on, on the Nina Kauser show. And, you know, just a really, really positive influence. So I'm intrigued to see what he has to say about today's performance and results. So Del, are you there? Yeah, hey Nina, how you doing, right? I'm good, yeah, thank you. I, I am here. Yeah, uh, is my audio okay? You sound great. Okay, thank you. Uh, um, yeah, um, yeah, just wanted to bring up this point um, that I've I've raised with quite a few other LFC fans as well. Yeah, in the absence of Trent Alexander, why doesn't Van Dyke take the free kicks? Um, you know, he scored a hatful yeah, in his days at Celtic. You know, I hate the fact that Jordan Henderson, Jim Milner and Salah is always hovering over the ball. He's a free-kick specialist. You let him take it or let Fabinho take it. Uh, I'm sick and tired of, uh, you know, you know these, uh, it, these half-baked free-kick scenarios that, you know, yeah, that we always do. Barely even beats the first man. Always hits the wall. There's nothing penetrative. Yeah, you know, I feel as though we need to change up... Um, a set piece, yeah. From well, you know, after the international break, I, I, I'm not sure what you guys uh, you think about that, but it's my own opinion. No, I, I think it's it's a sound opinion, Della. And I'm going to come to I'll come to Guy first with this one because again, Guy, every time we got a set piece, and I think that does make an excellent point. I was like, we ain't doing shit from here. You know, it was like, yeah, you know, like I was feeling that way. Um, uh, you know. Maybe it was just like the energy in terms of how I was feeling, but I just thought nothing's going to come good of this. And I do feel like we are genuinely missing a set piece taker. And we know Fabinho can twat them in. We know that for a fact. But um, I like the shout about um, Virgil van Dijk. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on that one because, uh, you know, Bell's made some points there that, you know, he did it for Celtic and stuff. It is strange, isn't it? Because... Let's be honest, Trent's not exactly good at free kicks either, so it, it, I don't really know why he's not had a go. I mean, even the long-range ones, but I suppose if we're I not sure... The last standing one that we had was probably Coutinho, right? You know, you knew Coutinho would A good one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think Coutinho on his last couple of seasons, he seemed to just always score putting him under the wall, but there was he had a really good one. Yeah, and Suarez, as Del says in the chat there. Um, they were probably the last two, and obviously Gerard and Alonso going further back. But it, it's yeah, it is strange. I mean, maybe Van Dyke doesn't take him because he's obviously such a a big weapon in terms of getting on the end of set pieces. Yeah. But yeah, so that's probably why I didn't take him because if you, if you put him on the free kick, it may just limit you to shooting. Whereas if if it's in an obvious spot where you're going to shoot, then yeah, I don't see why not. But like like today's, for example, we could have easily crossed that in, so maybe that's why um, you had them free over it in, in particular. But, yeah, it is strange. I think it is something we miss. I mean, you may have missed this, but Simakas is now the best corner taker in the world, Nina. So you get to watch that when he comes when he eventually gets another game because... Got some catching up to the doing yeah, international Exactly. But I think it stems into other set pieces as well. I think... Not just free kicks, but our corners are dreadful. Unless it's Simakas, of course. Like, Milner couldn't take them a day. Robertson's not good at them. Um, so, yeah, I think we just maybe need to get a, 
obviously not target someone because you can't unless it's like James Ward Prowse who's good, but I don't think he'd get in our team. But we need to find a good player who'd start for us, but can also take a set piece. It would be nice, but it is something we lack because it would be nice if we had a, a really excellent corner taker as well, considering our centre backs are, are that big as well. But yeah, our, our free kicks aren't good. Like I'm, I'm never confident we'll score one other than crossing it into someone's big head. It would diversify how we play as well, wouldn't it, um, Dave, in terms of like, oh, there's a set piece and instantly there's a threat. You know, teams have them, you know, Man City have like the likes of De Bruyne, etc. You know, Man United with their Bruno Fernandes. I mean, I think they worked on, on something with them. Is, is their player called Tellers? It looked like they've been working on that on the training ground. You know, teams do have that kind of player. I think... Guys, right? I think we need to, you know, we've not we've not had a specialist in in a very very long time. And today, when we were getting the set pieces, I mean, Trent is the best that we have right now, but we are lacking in that in that area. So, your thoughts in terms of a who who would be ideal in those situations? Uh, clearly, no one in the squad. <laughs> um, I I don't know though. We we tend to score a few goals from corners and stuff, don't we? So despite not having that... Simikas corners. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Simikas obviously stands out, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think the problem with Trent is obviously that goal against Hoffenheim had us all salivating that, yes. oh, great, we've, yes. got, like, we've mm. got our own version of a, a Beckham, you know, he's going to pop him in every week. But uh, so, yeah, but he's definitely the best of what we've got right now. I am with Dell actually. I've I've been really surprised that Van Dyke doesn't even like have a go occasionally. Like some of the goals, some of the free kicks he scored in uh, for, for Celtic were were quality. You know, proper like uh, curling into the top corner type free kicks. You've seen him from uh, when you get the footage from training as well. You know, he's clearly still got it. But the only thing is, obviously. The coaching staff and everyone see these players week in, week out, not just for the 90 minutes of the game. And I I can only think that, you know, these other players pop them in a lot more frequently than than Van Dyke does. But I'd like to see him giving a go, you know, every now and then. Um, Other than that, I don't know who you'd bring in. Uh, Like Guy says, I don't think Ward-Prowse is is good enough uh, to hold down the place. You know, apart from his free kicks. So I I think even just a simple thing that I'd like to see switched up a bit. We seem to love the outswinging corner. <laughs> and for me, if you if you give an in-swinging corner and you've got, you know, a couple of centre-backs bearing down on the goalkeeper, that that's brown trousers time for a lot of teams. So I, I prefer an in-swinging corner. That, that's something really easy. You don't have to change personnel or anything. Just change... You know, Robertson and uh, whoever's taking them from the right, Milner or Trent. So, yeah, would like to see someone better. Obviously, Coutinho, I think he's he's back at Barca now, isn't he? Uh, yeah. But, yeah, he, he was the last one. Hopefully, we'll have another soon. Right, there you go. Two people in favour of Virgil van Dijk taking corners. Um, anyone listening, feel free to shout out and let us know your thoughts. We're just going to take a quick little break whilst I catch up on all the... Another Shimikas' best bit, so stay tuned and I will be back after this break. Enjoying this podcast? Then why not supercharge your support for the Reds with Anfield Index Pro? With around 30 premium podcasts every month, 
AI Pro offers the very best reviews, reaction and debate on all things LFC. From the acclaimed statistics and deep dive analytics found in our Under Pressure podcast, to the transfer links, scouting reports and fast live reaction shows we record after every match, AI Pro is home to our very best content. With regular appearances by Reds legends like Jan Mulby and Sir Kenny Dalgleish, plus insight from journalists, sports scientists, coaches and psychologists, we'll help bring you closer to the club you love. There's never been a better time to take AI Pro for a test drive. Available on all popular podcast platforms, with free apps for iOS and Android. You can try it absolutely free with no strings attached. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com to start your seven-day free trial now. And we're back. Thank you for stay, sticking around. Let's carry on. Um, we're still covering the Liverpool game. Plenty to talk about. That was Dell, our last caller. We are going to move on swiftly to our next one. Again, a familiar voice on the Nina Kauser show. It is Mr. G's on toss. Nick Turner, welcome to the show. Hi, Nina. Hi, you okay? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, thank you. Right, so, yeah, so brilliant. Yeah, so firstly, welcome back. Uh, it's great to have you back. Um, and, my, and my thoughts are, uh, the first half, it was a bit of a non-event, really. Uh, City mm. were possibly the better team, but we kept them out, and I thought Matip uh, especially did really well in keeping them quiet, uh, especially keeping out Grealish. He made some good challenges there. Second half, obviously, was a, a much better game. Uh, it was really entertaining, and none more so than the Salah goal. Uh, that goal was really incredible and it, it, it deserved to be the winner in such a massive top-of-the-table clash. Um, Salah's probably in the form of his life right now and so that mm. means everyone is asking the question and it's the big elephant in the room, you know, where is the new contract? Pay, pay him what he wants. He, he's the best player in the world on current form. So to keep him, we've got to pay him what he's worth. So yeah, Salah, keep him. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna come to Dave with this one, Dave uh, Marcela. I mean, no matter what happens, he always always produces a good. Not only he just he just seems always hungry. It's like he's set this ridiculous standard for himself, and he's gonna do everything to surpass every record. I love the you know death taxes and the only Marcela that he's just. Unbelievable, but what I find absolutely bizarre is he doesn't get the credit from everyone else that he deserves. But Liverpool should do everything to keep hold of him because last season, even when we were absolutely dreadful, my God, it was his goals that kind of got us Champions League football and, of course, the Alisson goal. But you know what I'm saying. You know, he he's just absolutely incredible. He scores some world-class goals. He, he always, always looks hungry. Even in the first half where I thought the first, you know, we started off pretty well and then it kind of died down and the the front three fizzled out, but he was in shit-hot form in the second half. Yeah, I I think, you know, you go back a few years and it was any one of the front three who would step up, you know, and and sometimes it was Mo, sometimes it was Bobby, sometimes it was Mane. It Mm. seems now for a couple of years that it's always Mo. He's always stepping up. He's never really let his form really tail off. He's always maintained that really high standard, despite the fact, you know, he, he gets fouled very often, gets free kicks not very often. Um, he's so strong. He's so 
quick in his thinking and the way he wants to move the ball. That goal, you know, a few people have said it, that it really deserved to be the winner. That that yeah. was amazing. And it gets better every time I see it. Just that close control, the, the three players initially around him. And then, you know, he almost puts the guy on his ass, you know, to take it wide on his right foot because he thinks he's going to go into his left. I, I just think the guy is the guy's the best player I've seen, uh, you know, and he's he's up there with some uh, some good candidates as well. But I just love the way he goes about his game and, and just he gets on with it. You don't see him, you know, he's not the Bertie big bollocks who, who thinks he's the big I am or anything. And I agree, just give him what he wants. I, I, weird kind of parallel. I've been watching... Uh, the Netflix documentary, The Last Dance. I don't know if you've seen that. It's all about... Not yet. Michael Jordan, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's about Jordan, but it's also about that whole team. There were, you know, Scotty Pippen. Um, You know, there were some great, great players there. And they just let that team in 98 just fizzle out. And you're looking at it and you're like... You guys running this club are fucking idiots. (laughs) You've got the best collection of players at that Mm. time. And they just let it fizzle out. And I just hope that, you know, we are a bit smarter than that. We need to keep this guy at this club. We need to keep him happy because he's been outperforming everyone for a few years now. And we, you know, we will not be able to replace him easily. No, we won't. I think you're absolutely spot on. Find me a player like him. You can't. And we definitely won't pay the money, as we all know. Lisa Marie um, Lisa Marie um, LFC in here saying NBC coverage in the US are actually calling Mo Salah the best player in the world right now. Um, she was pleasantly surprised. Um, it's, it's good that they were giving him the, the respect and the, and, and the credit that he absolutely deserves. Guy, what about you? I mean... Honest God, I literally, whatever the guy is asking for, I would give it. Because like I said, we're not going to be in the transfer to get anyone. This is the best player on the planet. He looks happy. He looks settled. He is producing some ridiculous, ridiculous stats and performances and goals. We're talking about the goal. Let's not even forget the assist for Sadio Mane. You know, um, just an absolute, absolute baller. I, I don't... I don't understand. I don't like the fact that there's a big delay. I mean, Pep Guardiola gave us an answer when he was saying he can't replace him. We cannot replace him when he was talking about Aguero. So edit that in, Nina. Just note that down. Edit that meme in. People will understand. Um, easy replaceable. Like, you could you could put Mbappe in there. Bar signing a 29-year-old Messi, you can't, you can't replace him. Like, yep. which would be nice, but we can't really invent time machines. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, you can't replace him. Like we could sign Mbappe, we could sign Haaland. As you say, we won't because they cost money. Even if we do sell more for 150 mil, 200 mil, whatever he is actually worth, we won't sign them. They'd, they'd like be tripled Moore's wage if that. Um, so then we're looking at players. I don't know who have we been linked with. Chiesa? No. Let, let's be honest. No. Uh, nowhere near. May get to that level, but not at the minute. Um, anyone in the Premier League, United just signed Sancho. He's looked terrible, but he is playing for a PE teacher. That was just me bringing that up because it's funny. Um, <laughs> um, but... You're the second person over the weekend that has called him a PE teacher, by the way, that I've heard. It's hilarious. I'm guessing the other one was <laughs> someone who supports United in your family. 
No, no full fan ads. As long as the TT just stays there, I'm happy. Oh, that should just be that should just be the story of this podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he is a PE teacher. But no, he, he is irreplaceable. Like you look at him, left-footed, which is obviously rare, but it, it gives so much balance to our attack. Obviously, everything goes inwards. Um, but he's creative. He's look. Just look at his goal-scoring record. He, he's up there with like Henri and stuff like that. Never mind greats of. I say great, people compare him to like Hazard. He shits on Hazard. Yeah. Um, but like he's comparable with Henri, for God's sake. I mean it, that it, goal it, that he scored today, like um I don't like comparing players to players, but it was messy esque. It really no, it really was. It it really was. I mean, the only reason he's not on the level of Messi is Messi has ten years on him doing that. Yeah. That's probably the only reason. But what what's this? And the, the players around him. Well, yeah, I mean the peak Barcelona team did help, but yeah. Well, I, I don't know, Dave. Have you seen Barcelona this season? <laughs> the last few years make it look more impressive. That's fine. Uh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But uh, yeah, five years of this level, and this looks like it might be the best version we've ever seen of him. It, it, it's scary. But yeah, in terms of his contract, um, give him anything. Like if you want Ronaldo's contract at Man United, he's worth it. He's worth it more. Ronaldo, I think Ronaldo's on four hundred and fifty grand a week. If he's asking for that, he's worth it. He's worth more than that. Look look at him. He's 29. I don't know when he turns 30. But no decline is ever coming to that bloke. Look at the shape of him. He's he's got muscles I've never seen on another human being before. His muscles have got muscles. He does. He loves taking his top off, so we've all bloody seen him. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, that dude will not physically decline. He's a freak. He's one of them that football's more than a job. It's his life. Like, we we joked about Ronaldo. That Ronaldo's another one of them. He he's never drunk coke in his life. <laughs> I don't think Mo Salah knows what a can of coke or can of Pepsi is. It, it it's just he will never drink stuff like that. He will never. His body is a temple. He will never. He will not decline anytime soon. So whatever whatever he wants, and I doubt he is asking for stupid money like Ronaldo. I, I think there was a um, De Bruyne contract situation that was kind of linked to him. I don't. Like, if he's on, if he wants three hundred, four hundred grand a week, he's worth it. I don't care who we have to sell. We've just given Henderson four years of contract. Look at his performance level. Uh, anything like this was the contract to sort this summer because he's our most valuable asset. And yeah. um, well, it's not even a debate anymore. He's our best player at the minute. Van Dyke, obviously Van Dyke's Van Dyke, but he's still Mo Salah is our best player. Without the, without him today, we lose that game. Yep. So yeah, any anything he wants. Any amount of length. If he wants 500 grand a week for six months, it'd do me at the start. Like, whatever. Give him what he wants. Yeah, I, I think everyone's in agreement with you there. I don't think anyone will absolutely grumble at that. Both of you absolutely agree with you. And, uh, yep, uh, cheers, uh, geez on toast, for, for, for that comment and uh, bringing that question up. You know, I think today he's, again, once again, shown and proved that he is an absolute asset and he is our most important player and again proved to be one of the best in in a bit of a like that guy said you know a bit of a gritty kind of unprofessional kind of hot mess kind of game you know he still produced the goods and that goal was world class and I'm going to get the guys to really speak about it and what they thought when they initially saw it we'll get to that in a minute I'm going to go to our, our next caller. I think this might be our last caller, but let's get them in because I don't like to keep them waiting. It is Ahmad, Ahmad's at eight. Um, welcome to the show. 
if you just want to take yourself off mute. Or the left, if you don't know where that is. Okay, um, it looks like we might be having some technical issues there with Ahmad. So, guys, whilst we wait and see if he can join us, um, uh, Dave, you said you've been watching that Mosala Golf, and every time you watch it, you absolutely enjoy it. I mean, to me, that was just sensational. You know, when you just need that moment of brilliance and magic. And, you know, Mosala. I mean, do you have to do you have to go any further than saying Mosala? Like literally, he's just been so 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 crucial to this team, and you know, just the goals, the the the, the things that we've won. So, talk to me about that goal because that just for me sums him up down to a T. I I think there's one other player on the planet that could score that goal, and that is Messi. Yeah, I don't think Ronaldo scores that goal. Um, no. I, I can't think of anyone else when he's got that ball and he's surrounded by those three players, players on the races, yeah. yeah. You're just thinking, I, I don't know how he's going to wriggle out of there. And then when you see it, when you see the replay in slow motion, the way he moves is, you know, he rolls the ball with his left foot onto his right foot, basically taking the defenders out. And then even on the replay, you know, I'm looking and I'm with the defender. I think he's going to cut in on his left foot. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm following the TV. I'm moving my own body weight uh, to go right. And he just cuts in the other way. And obviously it's his weaker foot, but it's it's not bad, is it? And, you know, you're talking about a great goalkeeper there in Edison. And he just buries it. He's got no chance. The The ball is past him before Edison even moves his hand out. It's just a world-class goal. And the thing is, we we had the preview for that as well. So his setup, that, that first goal that we scored was mm. all about Mo. I do think it was a great finish as well by Mane, to be fair. you know, it's that vintage Mane again, wasn't it? The way he kind of took it without hesitating and, you know, thinking, was, overthinking yeah, things. That was the old Mane, wasn't it? Mm. But to be honest, it was all about Mo. He completely did mm. the left back there. Um but the weight of the pass, there's a few things that need to happen. Mane's run on its own was great. You know, cutting right across the defence there, coming right from the left wing, running across the defence, and then Mo's ball right into him, perfect weighting. First touch from Mane, buries it in the bottom corner. It was just a beautiful, beautiful goal. And it just makes my heart sad <laughs> that we just conceded yeah. those two shit goals uh, to counterbalance our, our great goals. So, yeah, but again, it, I, I can't. I know we're going to get to man of the match at the end, but for me, it's no contest. <laughs> it isn't even a discussion. Mo was just head and shoulders above everyone again today. And, uh, yeah, as Guy said, without him, we lose today. We do. Absolutely. Uh, Guy, is there anything more you want to add to the whole Mosala performance? Because I felt like he was the one that kind of brought it all to life, literally. The only thing I'd add is he did that to the best defence, well, numbers-wise, the best defence in the Premier League. Mm. Yeah. That, that that was Cancelo and Laporte and Diaz. That, that wasn't... Mm. What was the other goal? Watford goal. He wasn't doing it against Cabaselli and stuff like that yeah. this time. 
like it, it, there's levels to this. I mean, Man City's centre backs are uh, exceptional, and Cancelo's probably a top three. I know he's a right back, but he's probably a top three left back in the league. And he was playing with them in, in them in their moments. So yeah, it, it, it's scary the levels the levels to more. And just on it, it was ni- it was nice to see Mane be. Prolific. I can't remember if you've seen the uh, Leeds game, Nina, but he missed 10 shots in that game, so he did the opposite today. <laughs> yeah, one shot, and he was absolutely deadly with it. And, and you know, long may it continue. I mean, I, I guess the next thing I'll probably ask is, I mean, with regards to Mosla, because I think that's where people probably want to focus their attention on a lot is... Um, we, we've seen Lisa Marie's um, tweet, um, uh, sorry, Discord message in, in here saying that, you know, the NBC are calling him the best player on the planet right now. So, you know, why doesn't he get the credit and the respect in, in England? Because he plays for Liverpool and I'd probably not want to get another debate for it, but he but is uh, he's, he's Egyptian and yeah. the colour of his skin. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd, I'd probably say that's pretty fair as well. But he's just... Well, you know what? The Premier League can underrate him. We don't really give a toss because he seems to be breaking some ridiculous numbers, doesn't he, um, Dave? Yeah, and, and I think... I don't know why. The media seem to love a bit of a bastard, don't they? <laughs> you know? I mean, there is no way on this earth that I would choose ever, at any point in their careers, Ronaldo over Salah. I just love the way Salah goes about his everyday life. He conducts himself the way he conducts himself in the game. Ronaldo is just such a massive bellend. I don't want to see anyone like that at the club. But the media, <laughs> they just love it, don't they? When someone's a bit of a cock and, you know, like like Mourinho when he was when he first came to England. He's like, I'm the, the arrogance, I'm the special one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's like they love it. And they, they kind of really warm to him. And then, you know, he gives them things to write about, I guess. But I think it's just the fact that this guy is just a, a model pro. And so they've got nothing to write about. They've got no scandals. Kind of boring, isn't he? Yeah, they've got no nothing. He's just a great, great footballer. So I have no idea. I, I still think, you know, this thing about him going over easy... That is absolutely a xenophobic and racist thing. If he was fucking Harry Kane or Jamie Vardy... He's smart. They'd be fucking going nuts over some of the stuff that Mo does. And it's almost sometimes I feel like it's begrudgingly, like, oh, yeah, what a wonderful finish or or whatever. But, you know, uh, if only he didn't go down so easy, you know, and then just turn a complete blind eye to when Kane does it. There is definitely a little England thing going on here. Um, in terms of how the media portray Mo? Yeah, I think he's spot on. Um, uh, you know, I definitely do see a, a stark difference in terms of how they kind of talk about, you know, the likes of um, Harry Kane when he goes down and he's smart. And when a foreigner does it, you know, they, they're divers and it's just kind of painting them and portraying them in, in a bad light. And I think the great thing is that more and more people are seeing through it now. And I think that's great. You know, I think people have kind of realised that, hang on a minute, there's, there's something quite... Um, I think it makes people uneasy, which is good, which is good, you know, because we, we want to be progressive. Uh, I don't know, guys. Um, uh, we wired we Ahmed as a caller, but it seems like he's, he's having some technical issues. So let's just carry on talking. And I guess the next talking point that I want to come to, and Guy, I'll come to you, James Milner. I always compare you to him, and I know he didn't have the best game. And, you know, today, like, 
you could tell he was 34 or 35. I think he's 35. You could tell today, you know, with everything. But very, very lucky man not to be sent off. Oh, yeah. We got away with one there. Yeah, we did. We really did. That last foul was Stonewall yellow. And he had, like, one or two before that. Like, they weren't yellow cards, but they were, like, niggly fouls. He was, like, one more small foul away from a yellow card. Never mind a... Just literally putting his back foot out and just tripping someone up. Um, yeah, we got lucky there. We really did. He, he stole more yellow cards. It is funny because Pep is a bit of a gimp. Um, so it made me laugh. But yeah, we, we got away with on there. But it is it is Man City. Fernandinho should have about 200 yellow cards extra in his, in his Premier League career. So some people just have that knack. But yeah, the referee... I don't think the referee was too bad. He was just very lenient in some stuff. But yeah, he should have definitely been uh, been sent off. But yeah, he was very lenient in the ref because that we missed it because it's not really worth talking about. But that their penalty incident, which was a free kick, but I don't know how he didn't give that a foul. Um, but yeah, Milner was uh, well. He looked like a, a mid thirties midfielder playing at right back today against a very very good Phil Foden, which is. Probably one of the harder tests in the Premier League, but I wouldn't really want to see him up against, well, Ford and who else is a good left winger? Rashford, Sancho, if he ever starts remembering he's good at football, or Man United get a new manager that isn't a PE teacher. Um, But yeah, Milner, good job against Zaha, but Ford and extra levels to that, so Trent, get fit. Please. And very very much, yes, very much. Pretty, pretty, please come back. We need you. We need your pace. And Dave, what about you? I mean, we got we got lucky there. Oh, Which last season we were just whinging all the time. Yeah, we definitely got the rub of the green there. But isn't it funny again this this game that we watch and how it messes with your emotions? Because you saw the reaction of the crowd when James Milner went over to take a corner in the second half. He got a massive reception. And I think everyone just appreciates he's having a torrid time. I don't necessarily think he was having a terrible game, but he was just getting tied up in knots by Foden. I mean, it, I just think he was a bit unlucky. He was just a bit out of his depth, wasn't he? But... I think the crowd and me sat at home, I appreciated he was giving it his all. And, you know, that's what people appreciate. I must admit, if he'd have been sent off there, I'd have been pointing fingers at Klopp. Um, Like I say, I was very surprised to see him walking out. Mm. Uh, He was having rings run around him. And, yeah, it it was a matter of time. And when when he makes that foul on Silver... There was no doubt in my mind he was going off. <laughs> so that's it, he's gone. So to for him to not go and then for Pep to have his meltdown, well, of course, that provided me no end of entertainment and, and I, I love it and I'll watch the replays of it. Um, but, yeah, it's slightly ridiculous that he doesn't get a yellow there. But, you know, what an absolute pro. I, I just... I, I Warming... More and more to Milner, you know, as as he's been here, obviously playing against his old club. And, um, yeah, I, I don't really want to be seeing him playing right back too often. Again, when, he, when Klopp's got so many options that he could go with, uh, I've heard, like, even the Ox talked about as an option 
you know, at least he's got a bit more pace there. So, yeah, I, I just, I think it's ultimately about trust for Klopp, isn't it? Who does he trust on the pitch? And, and Milner obviously comes with bags of that. But we need yeah. to solve that back up for Trent. Um, he's not going to play 100% of the games and, and we need to have an option uh, when he's not there. Yeah, and I think it's something that you just speaking there. First of all, had he got sent off, that is a game changer. I think we lose that game, by the way. If we're 10 men down, we lose that game. So absolutely yeah. let off. And, and you know, the, the Pep Guardiola meltdown where he just flings his jacket like a toddler will forever live in my memory. Um, just like the two fingers up against us. Um, you know, those Why? things that are just... <laughs> yeah, twice. Yeah, you know these things will stay, and it kind of brings back the whole comment about what Guy Drinkle said earlier about you know James Milner at left back as well. Maybe Klopp went with it, and maybe it would have worked a little bit better today had Jordan Henderson, you know, been that you know didn't look as lazy and lethargic as he has done quite recently. And I can only talk about today's game. But if he was covering a little bit more, and maybe Jurgen Klopp wanted to go a bit more on the safe defensive side because he knows that, you know, he expects Mo Salah to be a bit more advanced and a bit more aggressive and that's not something that he asks Mo Salah to do to sort of track back with his with his um with Trent Alexander Arnold and them to work together really well. So maybe having like an Oxley Chamberlain, which would have been a better option in today's game, um, would have worked a lot better, would have certainly been a lot more aggressive um in, in that regard. But I think one of the things that really solves that is if a midfielder chips in on the shift, which they clearly didn't do today. So, you know, I don't, I don't think, you know, yes, you know, James Milner did have a tarry time, but as, as Guy Drinkle said, I don't think he had the help as well, you know, from, from the midfielders. Right, we're going to try again with Ahmad's S, um, Ahmad's 8. I've got my glasses on as well. That is shocking by me. Terrible. Sub me off. Ahmad, are you there? He lied to us. He lied. <laughs> we'll give well, him a minute. Mute. Can we unmute him? No. Well, I can't yeah. unmute him. He has to do it yeah. himself. I believe. Fiver, he, fi- Fiver, he fixes it before the end of the show. Right at the end. Fiver. Okay. Sorry, I thought that was an R. Kelly reference. I thought that was a bit... Uh... Well, it does. <laughs> You're bringing that up, not me. Nope, um, no, we've got him on video, but not me. No, we've got you on video. Yeah, we don't. We don't need you on video. There's a mute button right at the bottom of the app. This is like vintage Nina Kazuchow from last season. We Remember when someone threw us off with me, you, and Sam. <laughs> do you remember when someone yeah, put the camera on and yeah, like, yeah. we'd lost the game as well so it provided us with some highlight <laughs> yeah Ahmad you need to click the mic button can see you from here you, you're muted let's see this is all staying in the show by the way this is great content <laughs> <laughs> it's great for this me because a... There's, a, there's a more solid like 100 Premier League goal show in the background for me so this is fine for me oh, okay this is that like, just Lovely. like a background noise for you where you can just come in and it have is. a little chit chat yeah this is as cohesive as our midfield today not we're not that, we're not that bad oh <laughs> uh, he might i don't he doesn't have permissions apparently 
I think we need Eddie or Gags to sort that. Try now. Usually, if you mute it from the server, yeah, it's Ahmed, like a try red. now. <laughs> I've so ser- I've off server muted him. I think somebody put him on server mute. Usually, it's red if it's yeah, if it's server muted, yeah. Hmm. All I can think of is maybe you'd have to sign in and out of Discord because he he's not server muted. No, he's nope. not because they they show up red. Yeah. Okay, uh, we can blame gags. We can blame gags. Turn it back on again, and we'll we'll talk about something else for a bit. I guess. Yeah, yeah. If it keeps if it keeps breaking, just type them questioning. Yeah, yeah. Just type a question. It might be better, and then we'll try fixing your your issue if that's helpful. Okay, we'll see what he he says there. But guys, is there anything else you want to kind of kind of talk about the game or or a player that you kind of want to highlight? The Bobby substitution wasn't. That good? Um, I thought I think it was really, really shit, didn't it? Because as soon yeah. as it came on, we conceded. And I thought Jota played quite well, to be fair. Like I know he got booked just before he went off, but I thought he was—he wasn't better than more, obviously. But I thought he was pressing well from the front, and he was well—he was boiling a bit of piss because he kept like, fouling people. But I thought he was playing all right. It wasn't a sub I was looking for. So yeah, and then Bobby came on. And I can't remember him doing a pass, never mind anything of it note. I think as soon as he come on, what he was doing was he was pressing the centre-backs, wasn't he? Mm. That's He was doing that pretty well. Then we conceded, and then I felt like everything just kind of got lost. Yeah, it was strange because he hasn't had a lot of minutes. I think, I'm sure aside, uh, Brundish, obviously, but he's only played like 109 Premier League minutes this season. So maybe he's just rusty or whatever. But yeah, he seemed... Didn't seem like himself. Like he never really wanted the ball, and when he did, he was just overhitting passes or losing the ball. But he wasn't really himself. But we could probably have been saying that for about two seasons now. Yeah, I think that's a pretty much fair point. I mean, and it's really sad to see, isn't it, Dave? Because some of the best performances that I remember of like peak Roberto Firmino have been against Man City because he's in his element. You know, he 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 absolutely. Terrorizes um, uh, City's defense, and you know you you kind of think well if he's going to find his form anywhere, if he's going to do something, it is going to be against that kind of opposition. Yeah, but I think like a few other players, like most of the midfielder, I think he just looked sluggish. You know, mm. he looked like he wanted more time on the ball than was available, and so people were cutting out his passes. He was getting caught on the ball. I, I just. Yeah, like I said, when he came on, I thought, here we go. It's going to, you know, we're going to really turn the screw here. And then it just went a bit shit from there. So, yeah, I, I don't quite know what's going on with him. I, I thought Jota was okay. Um, I think he he prefers he prefers it out wide, though, doesn't he? You often see him, he's drifting out to the left. And obviously, he's had a brilliant goal-scoring record for us. But... Him and Mane do stand on each other's toes, don't they? Yeah, so, you know, and what I would say about Jota, I think there was a shot by him, wasn't there? I mean, he... A turn and shoot. Yeah, I I really feel like that gave us belief, because that was at Mm nil-nil, and, you know, it wasn't 
long after that that uh, Mane scored. But yeah, obviously, you know, sometimes it happens like that with substitutions. I, I don't really think Bobby had anything directly to do with the goal. I, I still, you know, I don't, I don't want to blame, but, you know, you have to look at the midfield. I think they just all had bad games. And despite that, you know, when it goes to 2-2, I'm looking at the Discord now at, at that still of Fabinho. And I know it is a world-class block uh, for the defender to get across there. But I'm looking at it and I'm like, Fabinho just needs to move his feet a bit quicker or just dink the ball or do something. It just seems ridiculous to me that when you see the still there that, that he doesn't score that goal. So, yeah, ultimately, we've got a point. You know, it's looking tasty at the top of the league now, isn't it? You've got us, Chelsea and, and City there. So um, could have been worse. I mean, in the first half, we were, we were embarrassed, I think. Uh, it yeah. could have been could have been anything. I know they didn't have too many shots on goal, but I think that was a lot to do with, um, you know, Milner's possible penalty slash free kick. And then uh, Allison got in a good challenge as well. So, you know, they were creating dangerous situations without getting clear shots on goal. So, um, yeah, ultimately sort of satisfied with the point, but just still a bit concerned about the midfield and, you know, being leaky in the defence. Yeah, absolutely. And um, anything you'd like to add there, Guy, before we kind of come to a close on the show? Yeah, I mean, on on the miss from Fabinho, I don't think he could have done much better on that, to be honest. I think if if he takes it first time with his left foot, I think it'd be sensational, like, from from a defensive midfielder. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good touch by him. I think it's just a sensational block by Rodri. So yeah, it it, it it's just a shame. If that was Salah, I think he would have first timed it and probably scored. So yeah, it, it's it's a weird one. Maybe, maybe someone else to discuss is, is Jones. I mean, Nina, you've obviously not seen his his better performances recently. What, what what do you make of him? Because obviously, me and Dave will have seen him. Brentford, he was quite good. He got a deflected goal, but he was all right. He was probably the best in midfield. And Porto, he was excellent. But Jones, I mean, you probably went from the, the Harvey Elliott jump to Jones. I mean, what, what do you make of him? Yeah, I mean, you, what everyone needs to remember is I've even missed the Harvey Elliott. Um, is it? I, I don't know his injury update, but he got injured against Leeds, right? I missed that game. Yes. So, you know, I've, I've missed a big chunk, and I know that he looked absolutely promising. And, you know, I think... Shri, I think Dave was on the show, kind of compared, you know, Elliot to like a, a Grealish for us in terms of winning important free kicks and fouls and, you know, being that kind of player. I really like Jones. I think what, how I would use Jones, I, I you know, you look at Man City and they've got Fordham and he's kind of established himself and he's doing really well. I feel like this was maybe a big, a bit too much of a big ask for Jones in this game. I felt like it was lacking. I would have. I don't know what the situation is with um, with the likes of like saying Naby Keita. I feel like I don't think Jones is playing that game. Had we had the likes of Thiago and and a fully fit Naby Keita, I feel like it was horses for courses today. Mm. That's how I felt. I also feel like he didn't have overly the the best game. However, w- wasn't he? Um, I think he gets the assist for Marcella, Right, he's the one that passes him the ball. Yeah. 
So, yeah. you know, you've got to give him some credit. So, you know, he does have an eye for a pass. I do think he's a talented player. I think he's going to be a great player for us. But I feel like had we had those midfielders that we've been discussing and we kind of thought that could have made the massive difference in this game, he would have been great. I also feel like players like him probably can't be themselves and can't be as expressive when they look at people like Jordan Henderson who aren't playing the best. It kind of shuts them down. Mm. Can I just jump in there? I'll hand back to you, Guy. I think it'd be a stretch to call that an assist. He was the last person to touch the ball before Mo, but yeah. that was all individual brilliance. It was all individual, but you know we're going to give him a little credit for just being Sure, as an assist, but yeah. I mean that is a stretch. <laughs> That's a fair point. It was it was a, literally an individual brilliant goal. Um, but I guess somebody had to pass him the ball. But what do, what do you make of him, guy? Because I do think he's good, and I think the way Jurgen Klopp used him certainly the season we won the Premier League before obviously the pandemic happened was I liked how Jones was being introduced, and it was maybe because we had the bodies and we had the midfielders, and obviously we are looking a little. We're looking a little thin in those places right now with the injuries and obviously with Ginny going. But I liked how, like, against like the likes of Bournemouth, we'd be comfortably three 0 up, and then you introduce these young players, so there's no pressure on them. Yeah, I think you do have to pick the um, the right games for him. Like, would you, would you say? I mean, Porto. We always beat Porto. That's a perfect game. Brentford on paper is probably a good game, but it obviously wasn't. Um, not by not by his. Um, performance. He was obviously quite good in that one, but um, yeah, th- they were better than most probably expected. So yeah, jumping in against City, who have eight midfielders in any team, it might not be the toughest one, but obviously we don't know how fit um, Naby Keita is at any point, never mind after the hellish injury of kicking the floor. <laughs> so yeah, we're obviously limited in options there. Um it's so the just... opposition he's up against as well, isn't it? It's yeah. like Silva, Hernandez and De Bruyne, you know, like that's pretty tough for, you know, Jones, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. and you, you made a good point as well. I mean, obviously our midfield makeup for like the last four seasons has been, well, let's say since Fabinho, sorry, Fabinho, Ginny, Henderson, where Ginny was the um, disciplined one who would help Fabinho and let Fabinho press at times. Henderson's not doing that, so Jones kind of has to by proxy. And when Jones was coming through, he was a left winger slash number 10. That's a big transition. Obviously, when Ginny did it, he was a 25-something, like, very experienced international uh, Netherlands player. So it's a bit of a transition. And it looks like Ahmad's finally been able to unmute. So there you go, Nene. You can finally introduce him properly. Brilliant. Have you finished your point there? Yeah, that, that's what I mean. He's, he's, he's talented, but maybe the transition in position is going to take a little while. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, I, I would have to agree with you there. Just slowly just bring him in. Right, let's hope it works. Ahmad8, welcome back. Uh, thank you, Nina. Do you hear me now? Perfectly. At last. <laughs> finally, finally. Yes, um, first I'd like to introduce myself. I'm from Saudi Arabia, so... Uh, I'm Arabic, for sure I love Muhammad Salah, um, <laughs> not because I'm Arabic, because I'm a Liverpool fan. Um, I, I would like to discuss the game a little bit, then I'll ask my question. I, I've heard a lot of uh, what you say. Um, for for Milner, uh, 
the buoyant, I think, the, the, the most problem, we, we, we all know that Milner is, is very old and he's facing uh, Phil Foden. He's like 14 years different between them. But the, the biggest problem that Henderson didn't support Milner at all. If you notice, when, when Mohamed Salah started to take the game and started to just play Cancillo or Cancillo, Bernardo Silva decided to, to help Cancillo. And he went there, he, he helped them, he faced Salah maybe three, four times. Phil Foden was, was, was just humiliating Milner. And Henderson just stood watching all the time. Even when Joe Gomez came on, just Henderson was cheering him up, but never come to help him. That was the biggest problem. And the second biggest problem is, is Klopp is not reacting to, to how bad Milner is. I mean, he was bad in the first half. So you expect Milner to, to be worse in the second half because his age. Klopp should just react and by, by 50, the, the minute 50 or 55 or even halftime, just stop him off. And I don't think Joe Gomez the solution because we've seen Joe Gomez on the, on the right and he wasn't, he never was good in, in that position. He's, he's good uh, as a defender, but not uh, as, as a right uh, back. So I think Klopp should be like invented something, either play Timikas or Chamberlain, one of them, just to match up the, the, the speed of Phil Foden. I don't know why he didn't do that. Maybe, I, I, I don't know. I think Klopp was, was uh, strange with his in-game decision. My, my, my biggest question, the, the thing that I was thinking all the game, especially from, from 60 minutes on, why not bringing Keita? I mean, he has a decent start to, to the season. So I think he, he could have added a little bit Henderson wasn't good. Curtis Jones was, was very tired, especially after the 75 minutes. Kita was, was ready to play against Porto. He was in the bench, on the bench. He was today on the bench. So he means, that means Kita can at least play 15 to 20 minutes. Why not bring him on? That's, I, I know Chamberlain was, was one of the solutions, but Chamberlain was, was dreadful most of the time. He, he, he came on as a sub in the season. But Keita was good. Why not bring him on? That's, that's the question. Uh, I, I cannot find any answer for that. And thank you. And if you want to discuss anything with me, yeah, just, just shoot. Yes, thank you, Ahmad. Before you go, um, in the chat box, if you are on Twitter, if you put your Twitter handle down, we'll, we'll need it for, obviously, the, mm. the tweets for the show. So that would be awesome. I mean, Guy, I'm going to come to you because we were just kind of discussing that, Biketa, weren't we? And we just don't mm. know how far he is with his fitness. I mean, but Ahmad does make a good point. If he's on the bench, maybe playing for 15, 20 minutes. You know, I think one thing we can all agree is Klopp really does have to man manage Naby Keita's minutes because he is vital. Mm -hmm. He is important. It's, it, we all know he's super skillful and he's super talented. It's just the injuries and that's where he's really unlucky. I mean, 15, 20 minutes, do you think it was just too much of a risk? I'm just double checking. I'm fairly sure he was on the bench against Paul. He was. He was against Paul. Yes, he was. He was. Yeah. So that that's two. That's two games. He he's been on the bench for. You'd you'd have to say he's um, fit enough to to play. I mean, why why would you take him to Portugal if he's not able to play any minutes? So yeah, you'd you'd have to say um, 
he, he's fit enough to play some part. He, even star because it's not exactly it's not exactly like a muscle that uh, muscle muscle. I went Sean Connery there. Hey, the new James Bond's up. Free sponsorship. Um, so it's not exactly a muscle injury. He did I mean at, at worst you probably say he broke his toe or something kicking the floor. So yeah, I, I don't know why he's not got any minutes. As Ahmad said, um, the none of the midfield were good. I'd, I'd even had Fabinho look like he was dead on his feet towards the end of the game, even what? if it was just ten minutes, like. If you want Firmino and obviously Gomez on, or whoever to replace at right back, you've still got a spare man. You're saving for an injury if there's 10 minutes left. I mean, if an injury happens, injury happens. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would have brought Cater on. I don't think I would have started him because, obviously, as we mentioned, Jones was playing well. He was never going to drop Henderson and Fabinho's Fabinho. Um, but, yeah, the way they performed, I think the safest substitution would have been Naby for Jones. Well, I think the substitution we needed was Naby for Henderson. I won't lie. I mean, at the start of the podcast, we we all had our grievances how bad he was, and obviously Fabinho was bad as well. Um, but yeah, the, Naby should have came on at some point. I think, as I mentioned, the midfield setup. We need someone who is comfortable on the ball whilst getting pressed. And if Thiago's not there, the next best at that is Naby. So yeah, I, I thought he should have came on. I mean. I, I, Naby Kate has been subbed off Scott subbed off against Real Madrid for better perform, midfield performances than what we've seen today so I don't know maybe Klopp just doesn't trust him yet he's obviously got to gain his trust with his fitness from my perspective I don't think the performance has well I said never let us down I just mentioned the Real Madrid game but I don't think it's overly let us down in too many performances but yeah if, if Naby Kate put in that performance Fabinho and Henderson put in today he would have been subbed off in the 40th minute. I agree minute. with you. I, I completely agree with you, which is absolutely bizarre and baffling in itself. Dave, what about you? I mean, he, he, well, you know, Guy Drinkers and uh, Ahmad Dev just corrected us in terms of like, he was on the bench for Porto, so it means he was good enough to play and fit enough to play. So your thoughts, I mean, even at 15 minutes, because, you know, just his dribbling would have been essential. Just something, you know, he's got a good eye for a pass. You know, he looks up well with the forwards. That was obviously lacking as well. You know, it took moments of brilliance from our strikers to actually get two goals. So your thoughts on that? I mean, why wasn't that one of Klopp's substitutions? The only way I can rationalise it is just an injury. And like I say, Mm. we've seen this through last season as well, where he put players on the bench and the game is crying out for that particular player and he doesn't put them on. And... So you think, well, is he just trying to reintroduce them to the squad? You know, he's thinking about not this game, but the game after this game. That's the only way I can rationalise it. Um, Other than that, I'm looking at, well, you know, I just don't think Klopp really had a a very good game, you know, just in terms of that. I, I, I think there are numerous options that he could have gone with there. And his three weakest players were all in the midfield. And you can't generally get results that way. So I'm going to be the benefit of the doubt and just say I think he must have still been showing signs of that injury. And so he just didn't want, in, in, a, in a game like this, he just didn't want to chance it. But the, the flip side to that is we're just about to go into an international break. So, you know, we don't play against it until the 16th of October. And so 
Yeah, it, it just problem it, the problem is Guinea do. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Can I can I come on for a second? For a second? Sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, if 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 Kita is injured, so just just let him post at home, and when his national team coming come calling for him, just tell them he's an injured because we know in the history. His, his national team is always taking him and bring him like injury. And the last time it wasn't injury, it was something political habit. So, so why bringing him two game on the bench and give the choice to his national team to take him on and play him two or three games for 90 minutes? They won't care if he is injured. They will play him for 90 minutes and you're not using him for 15 to 20 minutes. It doesn't make sense. I think that is the biggest mystery of it all. I don't think anyone can answer that, but but Jurgen Klopp. So we'll have to just watch this space. Maybe he doesn't travel um, during international break. We'll just have to see and, and wait on that one. Uh, but Ahmad, I think we all agree with you. I think we all wanted Naby Keita in that game. I think it would have been ideal to have him on. Certainly in the last 15 minutes, 20 minutes, that's how you kind of manage um, Naby Keita's minutes. So it is really baffling from Klopp. And, that, you know, it's something that we hope that he does learn in the future because he would have been ideal against Man City. But thank you so much for calling. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, last thing I want to say, just uh, I'm listening to everything you put on uh, Anfield Index. Like it's, it's the best channel every day morning I just listen to something about Liverpool and really thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you so much and thank you so much for your kind words and thank you so much for listening. It means a great deal and, uh, you know, it's just great to have your support. And Ahmad, uh, thank you so much and take care. Thanks. Okay, those were our awesome, awesome callers. And Ahmad, if you're still listening, please do drop your Twitter handle if you are on Twitter because we'd love to have your Twitter handle on, on the tweet. Guys, I think we'll come to the end of the show. So, man of the match, I think this is so easy. I mean, like, I might as well just lie down and, like, just let you just roll with it. So, Dave, I'll come to you first. Who was your man of the match? I'm going to try and give some honour. Actually, you know what, Nina? I do have one honourable mention. I Alison. thought Joel Matic played quite well throughout mm. the match. Uh, I do love his mazy dribbles. And, you know, it was good to see. I, I, I don't know if you saw on uh, Twitter earlier this week, you had... You know, uh, Andrew Robertson and, and Van Dyke, they received a copy of uh, Liverpool's FIFA rankings, you know, the, uh, the FIFA mm. game from EA Sports, and they were presenting them to the squad, and they were, well, most of them weren't quite happy about it. And uh, they both agreed, though, like Matip is completely underrated, and his dribbling should be much higher than it's rated as. So, yeah, I think he's the one honourable mention. Alisson had no chance with either goal, but was a big presence uh, when he needed to be for us. So I, I think those two stand out. And, of course, Mane, great finish for the goal. But to be honest, especially in the first half, I don't think he was particularly good. thought he was a lot better in the second half. But man of the match... It's only one guy, isn't it? And again, just head and shoulders above everyone else. Two world-class contributions. So one assist, one goal, and uh, just amazing. Mo Salah. And like we said, sign that damn contract. (laughs) Liverpool put the right contract in front of him. Uh, We want to see him. I know he's hitting 30 soon, but I don't care. He can go on for a number of years. The way he looks after himself... Uh, you can see he's an absolute specimen, uh, and I hope he plays for us for a long time. 
Absolutely. I thought you were going to say your man of the match. There's only one standout performer, Jordan Henderson. No, uh, what about you, Guy? I think it's pretty easy, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's obviously. I mean, you said Alisson in the background. I think he's the only other one you could say, but he made two great saves, but it is Mo Salah, as, as you say. Without him, we lose. We certainly don't score, and yeah, they, they look like they were they were inevitably going to score at some point. So it is just Mo Salah. He, he's been our player of the season. Never mind, just this game. Yeah, Mo Salah just signed that contract, gave him whatever he wants. I'm I'm, I'm with Mo Salah as well. I thought he's man of the match, and I think pretty much everyone will be will be agreeing with us on that one. If you've got any other shouts, please do let us know. We're really intrigued, and you know we, we're always interested to hear your thoughts. So tweet us, let us know your thoughts. Guys, this is the end of the Nina Kalza show. Thank you so much for listening. Um, it was good to be back. Um, got an international break now, but I'll be back after that. And, you know, I'll be carrying on now. So, you know, let's hope I'm, I'm cover- covering more wins. Um, a massive thank you to all our callers who are absolutely excellent. And I got quite a lot of callers today, which is quite nice. And uh, a massive thank you to both Guy Drinkle and Dave, who were absolutely phenomenal. As per usual, they carried me on the podcast, obviously. Take care, guys. Um, I'll be back soon. Take care. Till next time. Look after yourselves and up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.